Wow, it's good to be back. It's lovely to be back. We have been doing the series Revealed. Hasn't it just been amazing? We have been learning more about who God is, how he works, what he's promised for us who believe. And it's just been so exciting. And I find that as I'm seeing more and more facets of his amazing character through the different names that he gives to be called by throughout scripture, my understanding of him is just growing bigger and bigger. And my sense of expectancy of him moving is just growing bigger and bigger. It's a very exciting and wonderful time. I don't take it lightly. I think it's so special that he can call us into this place where his word can be spoken freely. We can open our hearts and you can almost hear us growing. It's like that, it's wonderful. Well, this is an exciting time, and Mark kind of set us up for this a while ago with that slide of the huge wave. Do you remember that? It's coming up on the screen, this massive wave, and there's a little pinprick of a person gonna be catching the wave. I grew up in South Africa, very near to Jeffrey's Bay, where there was a movie, The Endless Summer, for all those surfing types, um, where the perfect wave was. And I used to often go and watch these guys catch these amazingly big waves. And you see them paddling out and then positioning themselves, ready to go. So this is all about position. <laughs> Being in the right position because God is moving. God is really moving here. Things are happening. There's the stirring of revival. I'm sure you can sense it. I certainly can sense it. And we need to be in the right position to catch what he's doing. And the way that we prepare for that is to just diligently look at how he reveals himself, and especially through the different names. Hasn't it been amazing? Let's look at some of those. We've got more to come. But Elohim, he revealed himself as the great creator, the mighty creator, and we are his created, his special ones. In all the galaxies of the universe and planets that spiral round, we are his chosen ones. It's beautiful, the created. Then there was Jehovah, and it was an amazing thing to learn about. The I am that I am, pulsating with life. That's who he is, and that's his very name, Jehovah. And he is the unchangeable one. He is the God of relationship who wants to draw us into a oneness with him, Jehovah. And then we had a look at some of the compound names of Jehovah with other names. And we looked at Jehovah Jireh. I love that one. The Lord is our provider. And he provides not just for our daily needs, but he provides us with steps of faith because we need to be equipped as he's starting to do something new and great in our midst. We need to have that faith walk with him, and he is our provider of that. Then we looked at Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. <laughs> it's amazing that he is wholeness. Even in the midst of the storm, he can be there as peace that passes all understanding. I also love the one of Jehovah Nissi because his banner over us we know is love, but it's a banner of victory. So if there have been battles that you've been waging and things that you've really been going through, Jehovah Nissi, and if you start looking up the references to, to Jehovah Nissi and just see him as that, he gives us the victory. He really does give us the victory because that is Jehovah, I am that I am. <laughs> and then, my goodness, hang on tight. Haven't these last two weeks been exciting? Jehovah Rath, the Lord, my health. He heals, he restores. 
And we've just been amazed to see the way that he answers prayer, just faithful praying. It's not a big emotional hype. It's just the steady faith of clinging to his word and speaking his word and then seeing him working. And so many testimonies have come in of people who truly have been healed. And some are on their way. And what I love is it's not just here in this building. It's as they're going home or it's in their bed or it's at the office or maybe bathing the children. Suddenly you think, wow, I can move this and I couldn't before. So healing is God in action. And that's who it is. It's wonderful. So different names. Well, are you ready for today's? Well, I'm so excited about today because this is really like the climax of all the names of God. It's almost the culmination of everyone, the shepherd, the healer, the peace giver, the righteousness restorer. You ready? Jehovah Shammah, which means the Lord, Jehovah, is there. It is the presence of God in all his fullness, in all his glory. That's the name we're going to be looking at today. Woo, it's a very good one. And I love this because it comes only once in the whole of Scripture. Some of the names of God come a lot, but Jehovah Shammah comes only once. And it's almost an obscure passage right at the end of Ezekiel after his whole prophecies and his ministry. He drops in this name right at the very end. So let's have a look at it. It's Ezekiel 48, verse 35. And he's talking about a temple and a new city that God's going to bring. And he says, the distance all around will be 18,000 cubits. Now, it's very precise. Six miles, just over nine kilometers. And the name of the city from that time on will be Jehovah Shammah. Say that. Jehovah Shammah. God is there. So you think, well, that's good, that's fine. What kind of so great about that? Well, interesting, the symmetry. He always gives exact measurements. But just look at the context of this if you come with me. Israel was in absolute ruins as a nation. They'd gone into captivity in Babylon. They'd lost their sense of identity, of belonging, their homes. This beautiful city of Jerusalem the city of peace that they just loved was in absolute devastation. And the temple, that ornate, glorious temple where the presence of God was in the Holy of Holies, that was lying in rubble and ruins. And they were gone. They were in captivity, prisoners with nothing, no hope, no future, nothing to look forward to. Now, many people have been displaced. There are many refugees in the world today. Many people have lost everything. But the amazing thing here is that in the middle of the mess, the Lord declares his name with such power. Jehovah Shammah, I am right there. I see you. I know where you are. I understand if you've felt that you don't belong, that you've felt that desolation and that apartness and aloneness. I understand because I'm Jehovah Shammah. I'm right there, I know. And Ezekiel begins to prophesy, and Ezekiel is an amazing prophet. If you've never studied a prophet, he's quite an eccentric guy, but he has these amazing visions. And in the middle of this, he'd warned them before, if they didn't follow God, 
this is what would happen. But you know what? He was so faithful, Ezekiel. He stayed with them. He suffered with them. He went into captivity with them. And he didn't stop. <laughs> he didn't stop prophesying and talking and sharing because he knew that this wasn't the end. They weren't finished. God had an even bigger and better plan of restoration. We sang a song earlier, I have been restored to the love of God. I thought it was just the end, but it's only just begun. We've just sung that. I mean, that's exactly the words that I'm preaching on. <laughs> they didn't know when they were putting the songs together, but this is the message. You think it's the end. You think it's finished, it's all over. And God saying, I am there. I know what you're going through. I've come with the promise of restoration. And what's amazing about what Ezekiel shares is that there's a new city and a new temple, but now listen to this. It's not just gonna be called this or that or that. It's gonna be called the very presence of God himself in all his glory. He is going to be there. So he, Ezekiel was telling them something that they as children of God, as followers, had no concept ever before of what it would be. That God's presence and his glory would so indwell that it wouldn't just be in the Holy of Holies like it was in this grand temple, but it would be everywhere. That he would indwell, that he would be there with his presence and his fullness. We've looked at all these names of God, the shepherd, the healer, the provider. They're all wrapped up in Jehovah Shammah. The presence of God contains all of these. His attributes, his nature, his character, his authority, everything is in Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah, I am that I am, and Shammah comes from Sham, which is there, right where you are. When you think no, nobody is watching, he is there, that's what he's saying. And he's there to rescue, he's there to restore, because remember Jehovah, the God of relationship, the God of unstoppable love. So he's saying to these people, that were in captivity and their hearts were so heavy. Psalm 137 describes this. It said, we're in Babylon. How can we sing? We've hung our harps up on the tree and we just weep. And I've known that in my life. Times where you just feel everything is gone and you just want to weep. Nobody really understands. Well, God is saying to you, I am Jehovah Shammah. I am there. I am right there with you, and I'm gonna bring you through. Because he gave a hope that what they'd lost was gonna be restored more than they'd ever, ever conceived. So let's go to just a quick snapshot journey of the presence of God through scripture. Remember in the Garden of Eden, when God walked and talked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, it was beautiful. His presence, was their greatest joy. And then they disobeyed. And that presence was broken. And when God said, where are you? It wasn't because he didn't know where they were. He knew very well. <laughs> but they were hiding. They broke the friendship. They broke the fellowship. They removed themselves from his presence, his protection, his power. And you know what's amazing to me? God's love is so strong 
and so unstoppable that even when they had made this huge tragic error that was going to ripple through all the ages, this awful mess of separating from God, in that very moment, he provided a covering for them. He made the first sacrifice so that he covered their shame. And in that very moment, he cursed the serpent and said, the seed of the woman will crush your head. He spoke that a Messiah would come, that there would be a rescue. Because you see, this God of relationship, Jehovah, is a God of restoration and he's a God of rescue. And this is what's happened over and over and over again. So we move from the garden through all of the, the different places that people were growing up and having children and trying to get a living and battling and battling because they were cut off from God. But there were these odd special people that God came to, like Enoch. Enoch walked with God. And Abraham talked with El Shaddai. So there were these special moments. Jacob wrestled with God at Peniel. There were moments that God revealed himself in his presence. But by and large, people were just searching and desperate. And then we have this amazing account of Moses at the burning bush, which you've done before with Jehovah. And it's so special to me that God reveals himself to Moses. I am that I am, just pulsating with life. And then he calls Moses to set the people free from captivity. Same theme, same person, same God with his love. What's extraordinary here is that Moses said, who shall I say called me? And he said, I am that I am. And then he's full of questions. But who am I, Moses asked, that I should go to Pharaoh? And when he says, who am I? God answers in an amazing way. He says, surely I will be with you. And you think, well, hang on. He's asked, who am I? And God answers, surely I will be with you. But you know that's exactly the answer because Moses' identity wasn't in his name, where he was born, his address. His identity was that I am, was with him. The presence of God, I will surely be with you. And I just want to encourage you, if you are facing some pharaohs in your life, hard heart, impossible situation, just open yourself to the great Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there, because his presence defines us. You know, so often teachers have said bad things to us, you'll never succeed, or a father has said, you're not gonna make it, or somebody's had a word in our lives. Just put that aside and see what God has said. I am with you. I'm all you need. And this, the slaves were set free. Moses took them out and went through the wilderness on their way to the promised land. Well, we know that it took them 40 years because, of, again, disobedience. When will they ever learn? So they were in the wilderness. But even there, God didn't stop loving them. The God who presences himself with his people said, make me a tabernacle. Make me a tent of meeting. I want to still come to you and be with you and show you my ways. So they did, and that was the tent of meeting with Moses. You can read all about that in Exodus 25, but I love it. Exodus 33, Moses is saying, 
if your presence doesn't go with us, we're not going from this place. <laughs> Exodus 33, verse 15. I love that. We're not gonna, I'm not going anywhere without your presence. Because <laughs> he knew that presence of God and the difference it makes in his life dealing with any situation. So he commissioned Joshua to take over. And listen to this in Deuteronomy 31, verse 6. Be strong, be courageous. And I'm saying that to you in love. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified because of them, whoever them might be in your life. For the Lord, capital Lord, that's our Jehovah, the pulsating God of life and power, your shepherd, your peacemaker, your righteousness bringer, your Lord goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Oh, I just love that. That's his love, unstoppable, and his presence with us. So we know that they eventually did get to the promised land, and they planted crops, they built houses. And so just as God had been in a tent, because they were in tents, when they had built a prosperous livelihood, Solomon built an ornate temple for God. And again, there was this amazing outer court, inner court, holy of holies, everything symbolic, perfectly measured, because that's the symmetry and the harmony of God. And yet, what's amazing here is Jehovah Shammah, the presence of God is just full in that place. The sum total of all that God is dwelt there. And when they commissioned that temple, the glory of God came down such power that it hit them and it, we read in 1 Kings 8 that the priests couldn't even stand <laughs> under the presence of the glory of God. They couldn't even hold their positions. And I just feel that we need to just not have God in a box, <laughs> but we need to just open ourselves and be ready to position like that big wave, whatever he wants to do in our lives. This is the moment that he's doing a new thing, that he's stirring us, quickening us for a real revival of heart. And it starts with us praying. It's our relationship with him one-on-one, -on -one, intimately, where no one even sees. That's where it starts. And then it just ripples out far and wide. He is doing something new. So let's position ourselves. Be ready for that glory. You know, in the book of Acts, again, the power of God came down and there were signs and wonders and amazing things happened. And the early church was operating naturally in the supernatural. It was just the way they were. <laughs> and I know God wants to do that in us. He wants to let people know that without a doubt, Jehovah Shammah, God is there. <laughs> Say hello, somebody. <laughs> he does. So, if you're not yet convinced that he's holding on to you and that he's never going to leave you, let's have a quick look at Hebrews 13, verse 5. And I've got the Amplified because that's the closest to the Greek. Now, just listen how these words are packed in. He has said, I will never under any circumstances desert you nor will I give you up or leave you without support. Nor will I in any degree leave you helpless. Nor will I forsake or let you down or relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. <laughs> He's holding on to us and I'm clinging on to him for all I'm worth. I'm clinging on to him because life in the Lord is abundant life. And when we go through the waters, when we are in the storms, 
This is the Jehovah. This is the God who is with us. And Jehovah Shammah, who we're looking at today, who Ezekiel declared when they were in the most pitiful pit and mess, that there would be glory to come. That's our same God. And he's doing that in our midst. So just stay with me, because in the most incredible way, 600 years on from when Ezekiel said these words, Joseph, a young man, couldn't sleep properly. He was troubled because the beautiful girl that he was going to marry was pregnant and he knew it wasn't his child. And then the most remarkable thing happened, how the angel appeared in his room quietly and spoke words that had been prophesied just generations before, that a virgin would conceive, this is in Matthew 1, and bear a son, and his name would be Emmanuel. <laughs> Here's it, God with us. You see, after 500 years of silence after Malachi, God not only spoke, but he turned up. <laughs> he clothed himself, woo, I love it. He clothed himself in human form and dwelt amongst us. And we read in John 1:14 that the word became flesh and tabernacled amongst us. I love that. And we looked on his glory because the presence comes with the glory. <laughs> we beheld his glory. And that's the tabernacle. You remember the tent? Because we are just passing through this life. So he's tabernacling with us because this isn't our home. <laughs> our home is with him. So that is amazing. So Jesus, who came, was the perfect fulfillment of Jehovah Shammah. He fulfilled it absolutely. Colossians 1.19 says, For it pleased the Father for all the fullness of deity, the fullness of God himself, the sum total of his essence, his perfection, his powers, his attributes, dwell permanently in his Son. Jesus was the embodiment of all of that. There's no doubt he fulfilled Jehovah, Jehovah Shammah. Hebrews 1.3, I love this. He, that's Jesus, is the radiance of the glory of God. It's just like the outshining of God's glory, the exact imprint of his nature. And you know what's just so beautiful? That as Jesus fills us and as we really know him, you can start seeing people with that same sort of radiance. And I think that's why in the early days, people were painted what I always used to think were soup plates behind their head. But it was just the radiance because there really is something there when the radiance comes. So Jesus was this perfect outpouring of God's glory. And that's why Jesus could say in John 17, Father, I have revealed your name to them. You have given me your name and I have revealed your name to them. And you know what my prayer is, dear ones all around, my prayer for myself and for you is that this would be our witness, that we, by the way we live and talk and move and interact, would reveal his name in everything that we do. And that's Jesus. So we know that Jesus came to show God's glory, but he came really to die. Because as God was in that holy of holies in the temple and in the tabernacle, the high priest went into that very holy place once a year 
Yom Kippur, on the Day of Atonement, where he sprinkled the blood of the sacrifice on behalf of the people for all that they had done wrong. And it was so powerfully intense in there that the high priest only went in. And you know they sewed bells along the bottom of his garment, so there'd be a tingling and a lingling of bells. And they actually tied a rope around his ankle because if he went in there and he was sprinkling the blood and making atonement and he happened to faint or he happened to pass away, nobody could go in there and get him out because they could actually die. So they would have to just be ready to pull the rope. <laughs> That's truly what had happened. So that was where the presence of God in all its fullness dwelt. But when Jesus died, we know, not just from the biblical account, but from other historians like Josephus, it actually happened. He was on a hill at Golgotha and he was crucified and the world went black. And in the temple, that Herod's temple, where Jesus said, I can tear down the temple and build it up in three days. And the Pharisees said, what? It's taken 46 years to build this temple. He was referring to his own body because that was in John chapter two. He knew he was coming to die. Extraordinarily as he died, the curtain in the holiest of holies that separated where the high priest used to go behind with the rope and the bells, there, this huge curtain over eight foot high, thick gold weave was ripped. Imagine that sound of this tearing of this huge curtain. Because God was saying, there's no separation now. There's no holy of holies of you and me and just the priest. Everybody come in. I'm coming for you and you come for me. Let's have this relationship. Come on, Lord, thank you. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? This is what it's about. This is truly what it's about. So it wasn't somebody behind there on a stepladder with a great big pair of scissors. Do you know God did that? Because he loves you. And he was tearing open everything that's cutting you off from revealing the truth to him of just your need and saying, Lord Jesus, come in. Come in and just change my life. Let's at this moment pray, loving Lord, wherever we are now, if we have not opened our curtain to you and said, come into our lives, we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would come in and fill us. Would you take away everything that's blocked us from knowing you? Take away our sin and cleanse us by the sprinkling of your blood, the perfect sacrifice, so that as we believe in you, we will receive life everlasting. In Jesus' name, <laughs> it's a prayer of just the beginning of a journey. And if you prayed that earnestly, please come to our prayer team after the service. We'd love to pray more with you. Now, what is in the presence of God? It is everything that who he is. It's his, his attributes, his nature, his love, his passion, his healing, the way that he shepherds us, the way that he nurtures us. Jehovah El Shaddai, I mean, El Shaddai, El is biggest of the big, best of the best. Shaddai is the strong nourisher. It's even translated as the breasty one. It's, it's an amazing, amazing name, which is saying, I'm nourishing you, I'm feeding you, I'm giving you everything your heart desires. So with the presence of God comes the fullness of God and his glory. That is Jehovah Shammah. How do we get that?
Well, it's saying yes to Jesus. That's how we get that. And if you prayed that prayer, you're on your way. We say yes to Jesus because he took everything that stopped us from knowing God in a deep relationship. Secondly, he said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. He told his disciples to wait when he was going back to his father because he said, the Holy Spirit will come and then you will receive power to be my witnesses. In Matthew 28, he said, all authority is given to me, therefore you go into all the world and make disciples of the nations. And do we have disciples of the nations here? Yes, we do, look around. Africa, America, New Zealand, all over. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Do we baptize here? Yes, we do, it's wonderful. Teaching them all that I've taught you to obey. We're doing that too, so we know. And then he says, and behold, I am with you. There he is again, unmistakable, that presence until the end of the age. So we say yes to Jesus. We invite the Holy Spirit to fill us so that we will be powerful witnesses. Otherwise, we're doing everything in our own strength and with our own agenda. And you know religion at its best is trying to go up all these countless steps to get to God and perfection and holiness. And God's saying, just as you are, open yourself and let me come into you and fill you and make you new. That's the presence of God. So what I want to say now is this is what Ezekiel was prophesying all those centuries ago, that there would be an amazing outpouring of God's spirit, that there would be a new temple, the likes of which his children had never seen before. And when Jesus ascended, and when the Holy Spirit came, we become the temple of the Most High. This is just astounding. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God, and therefore we just glorify God with our bodies. His presence indwells us. We are the ones he's chosen to manifest his presence in this earth. So just as they went to all the temples before to worship God in the Holy of Holies, the curtains ripped open, and we have freedom to receive him, to move in his power, and we are these living temples. Second Corinthians 6, 16, for we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them, there's that relationship, and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. That's this covenant that we're in. Isn't it amazing, wherever we are in the world, and I just think as we sit here, there are people in Namibia, in the desert, who are having a glory time with the Lord. There are people who have to hide in an underground church in China, but they are worshiping the Lord. There are people literally in Timbuktu. There's a place called Timbuktu. And I know that there's a church there. Because wherever you go, I've just had a friend visit me from Hong Kong who has worked in the church in China underground. And I've got a lovely friend, Mary, who's in Uganda, who's in the prisons this morning, ministering and bringing the glory down to all the people in prison. 
You see, this is what Ezekiel, who probably didn't even understand the implications, that God's presence would be filling millions. All over the lights would be going on because we can show his glory and his love. So I earnestly urge you, and would the band please come up, just open yourself to the move of God. Position yourself to be ready for all that he's got. He loves us. He's not going to do anything weird and, one, and <laughs> wacky in that way. Just open ourselves and trust him. Because look what he's done through scriptures. He's surprised by forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. Even as Jesus died, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. This overwhelming love that he has, this overwhelming love, he never stops loving. He wants to do a new thing. He wants to presence himself with us, that we are people of his presence. That is such an honor to be people of the presence of the living God. I love the passage in Luke 24 where the, the two disciples who followed Jesus they're not disciples that we'd read about in the Gospels, but the one was Clopas, and the, they were followers, just talking excitedly about all the events that had happened, the crucifixion, and then, and this stranger joined them, and they walked all the way to Emmaus, and he was revealing the scriptures and just explaining all the prophecies fulfilled. And they were just in awe, they didn't want to let him go, because that's how it is with the presence of God. It's so beautiful. In your presence is fullness of joy. <laughs> you don't want to let him go. Guess what? The people flocked to Jesus, the warmth, the love, the healing, the welcome. And as they broke bread, they realized that that was Jesus who'd been with them. And I love it. They went all the way back to Jerusalem. It must have been very late at night. But they were saying their hearts were burning in them because his presence was with them. And I just say, if you haven't experienced Jesus in a way that you are passionate and excited, that you know that burning, we're gonna pray afterwards. I urge you to come up and let's pray because he is doing a new thing here. And I don't want any of us to miss out. It's beautiful what he's doing and it's all about restoring. It's about bringing hope. It's about giving a future when you thought it was finished. The word that came in the pit to the Israelites, this is our word, Jehovah Shammah, the God who is there right with you. And as we close, let's just close our eyes and think of that parable that Jesus told. The young man had taken his inheritance ahead of time and he'd gone and squandered it in righteous living and doing all the wrong things that you think is life. It's like a neon sign, but it's, it's not light. The way is death. And when he saw the pigs were eating better food than he had, he thought, I'll turn around and go home to my father's house, ask him to forgive me, maybe just give me a chance as a servant. And Jesus told this story, and I'm just so moved every time I think of it, because Jesus, who knew he was going to die, told this because he wanted everybody listening to know the father's love. He said, when that son was a long way off, the father ran to meet him. That father was waiting, he was watching, he was loving no matter what had happened. He just went. And if you know in the Middle East, elderly men 
do not run. And especially if he had hired servants and, and wealth, he wouldn't have done that. But Jesus told that because he knew the Father's heart is this heart of unstoppable love, saying, come home, come home. Let me love you, let me cover your shame, and let me put a ring on your finger of authority. Let's bow our heads and pray. Loving Father, we worship and adore you because you are Jehovah Shammah. You are the God who is there. And if we are in the dark place of desolation, thank you that you are there. You know us. And you're calling us into glorious light more than we could ever, ever have believed possible. And so we pray in Jesus' name that you would come on us, fall on us, quicken us, revive us, draw us in, and put your arms around us like that father did, and hug us close, and kiss us as that father did. And we just say, thank you. Thank you for your unstoppable love, and that you are God of restoring, giving us a future and hope. <laughs> And most of all, you will never leave us. Hallelujah. Jehovah Shammah. <laughs> hey. <laughs>